You know what they call a group of crows? In Noir City, we call it pretty freaking ominous. Get out of here, you dang birds! I'd been working the long hours ever since my now infamous investigation into the untimely death of Barbara Stair. I had no idea at the time where that staircase would lead, but I pulled the string until the whole house of cards came unglued. The mayor of Noir City was forced to resign after I uncovered his dirty little secret, and his deputy mayor, a man named Matt Maynard, took over. I knew Mayor Maynard may or may not care that I was directly, indirectly responsible for his predecessor's PR problems and premature departure from politics. But just to be safe, I decided to keep a low profile. I'd been walking on tiptoes, on eggshells, on pins and needles, on thin ice, trying not to rock the boat. But trouble was like a clingy ex with too much time on their hands. No matter where I go, it always seems to follow me. It was a night just like any other when I caught the call to Central Park. Time ticked forward, people went about their daily lives, oblivious to the horrors lurking beneath the quilted duvet covers of society. The sun hung ever-present in the sky, baking us all like human pop-tarts. Oh, wait, it wasn't night at all. It was day, and it wasn't a day just like any other, because this day was full of murder. Bird murder. Birder. Detective Richard Tective, NCPD, what do we have here? Good morning, Detective. I thought you were working the night shift. I'm pulling overtime. I was about to clock out when I heard about a body in the park. How am I supposed to get any sleep when there might be a killer in my city? Well, it's good to see you again. Sorry, it's been a long night. Do I know you? I'm Frank. He sure was. The guy wouldn't even tell me his name. No matter. We had more pressing issues. Like the body of the murder victim on the ground in front of us. Or at least, what was left of it. Looked like someone, or something, had picked the bones clean. What happened here? We're still trying to piece it together, it being the skeletal remains. As I'm sure you know, there are 206 bones in the human body, not counting teeth. Of course, I'm a detective. It's my job to know these things. So far, we're up to 114. What could have scattered all the bits like this? Explosion? Lawnmower accident? Please tell me this isn't another outbreak of dance fever. Dance fever antigen tests came back negative. Judging from the beak marks on these bones, I'd say the body was torn to pieces by some sort of avian creature, likely corvid. Either one bird bit the victim a few thousand times, or thousands of birds bit the victim a few times each, or somewhere in between. But birds don't bite people. They don't murder either. And they certainly don't peck a random person to death. This was a crime of passion, and mark my words, I will find the pecker responsible. I'll bet crime-solving works up quite a bit in appetite, huh? Here, have some buffalo wings. Excuse me? Who are you? The name's Saul Slaughter, owner and sole employee of Slaughter's Butcher Shop. If you got a hankering for me, Slaughter's can't be beat. How did you get past the police tape? It wasn't hard. I just ducked right under it. You look famished. Here, take this turkey leg. The only thing I'm hungry for is justice. Now explain what you're doing at my crime scene, Saul. Oh, that's our fault. We hired Saul to cater the investigation. The CSI saw all these bones and we started craving barbecue. Say, Frank, would you care for one of my signature Slaughter sloppy sandwiches? Do we really need to be taking a working lunch? Hey, killers don't take a lunch break. We can't afford to either. Oh, this sloppy sandwich is amazing. You didn't even wash your hands. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Uh, we found the victim's cell phone. It's locked with a six-digit alphanumeric pin code. We'll send it to the lab, but it might take some time to crack it. Here, let me see. Hmm, six digits, letters, and numbers. That's... 
36 to the 6th power, 2,176,782,336 valid combinations. All right, let's get started. Why don't we try 000000? Okay, invalid pin. 000001. Invalid pin. That's what I was afraid of. How about 000002? Oh, that was it. Ha, talk about luck. Okay, so according to the call history, the last number our victim contacted belongs to the local office of morphometric ornithology. The last number belongs to what? I just said that part. The office of morphometric ornithology. Are your ears okay? Do I need to call an audiologist? Uh... According to his Tinder profile, our victim is one Daryl Deadman. Dr. Daryl Deadman. Six foot one inch. Professional bird scientist. Pisces. No hookups, please. Open to the idea of a long-term relationship if he finds the right one. Well, that's not going to happen, Daryl, with three pics in your profile of you posing with the fish you caught. Also, he's dead. You really are Frank, aren't you? Listen, I'm going to head over to the Office of Ornithological Research and see if I can find any information on Dr. Deadman. You contact his next of kin. I'd do it myself, but it's really sad and I don't want to. Oh, and remember, Ixnay on the Erder Bay. The last thing we need is a public freakout or some kind of... Corvid Cold War. I understand. Historically, humans have lost every single war they've waged against birdkind. What should I tell his family? Tell them he died doing what he loved. Bird stuff. I could feel a surge of adrenaline in my bloodstream. I was on the hunt once again, but the hours were catching up with me and I needed some go juice. The swill they called coffee down at the station wasn't going to cut it, so I stopped by my usual all-service recaffeination joint, the Chop and Grind. The best cafe slash barbershop in all of Noir City. I dropped in for the Dick Detective special. A hot coffee and a close shave. Lucky for me, it was a quiet morning. I was the only customer there, and my favorite barbarista, Teresa, looked happy to see me. I had a blade against my neck when Big Trouble walked in. Big guys with big muscles. I'd seen their type plenty of times before. I call them pandas. They look scary, but wouldn't be too hard to take one out if push came to shove. Still, I couldn't help but notice that these pandas were packing heat. They may have been smiling, but the guns on their hips were telling anybody who listened that they meant business. And like Shakira used to say, the hips don't lie. You boys here for a cut or a cup? Either way, you'll need to get in line. When the boss walked in, the two goons parted like it was 1999. I'm afraid we're not here for the patronage, Miss Detective. We're here for you. Teresa, would you be so kind as to give me a moment alone with these guests? Nope, don't say anything. If you do, we'll have to hire a whole nother voice actor. Why don't you go pick out a bottle of good vintage coffee from down in the coffee cellar? Thanks a million. I didn't wake up yesterday looking for trouble, but whenever trouble sends me an invite, I always RSVP. Plus one? Say hello to my little friend. I call him Gunther. Your reputation precedes you, detective. Put your weapon away, or the sniper I have stationed on the roof of the building across the street might start to get nervous. Ha! I could smell your sniper coming from a mile away. That's why I hired my own sniper, who is currently on the roof of the slightly larger building behind your sniper. Hmm. Very clever. Except for one thing. I don't really have a sniper. I was bluffing. How hilarious. So was I. Aha! I was only bluffing about bluffing. I really do have a sniper. Dang. All right, you got me. I'll put Gunther away for now. But know this, if you kill me, I'll haunt you so hard you'll wish you were dead. But then when you do actually die, I'll be waiting for you on the other side with Gunther. Uh, 
that noted. Now that we've gotten the pleasantries out of the way, let's move on to introductions. These men are my hired muscles, Goon 1 and Goon 2. The sniper across the street is Bob. And I'm... I know who you are. I read the papers. You're BT Dubs, local billionaire and captain of industry. Your businesses include casinos, coal, cryptocurrency, and soda pop. Your dirty fingers are in more dirty pies than a fractal Jack Horner. <laughs> fractal Jack was my nickname in college. What's a tycoon like you doing in a place like this? I need your help, Dick. We tried your apartment first, but your landlord said you were evicted. My landlord's a liar. Financial trouble. Weight gain. Political pressure from a corrupt mayor. Weight gain? I think we may be able to help one another. My double-decker limo copter is parked right outside. Come with me, and I'll explain everything on the way to my yacht mansion. And don't worry, we'll pay for your shave. Goon one, leave some cash. A couple thousand ought to cover it, right? Uh, yeah, that'll probably suffice. But I'm still covered in shaving cream. Don't worry, there's a shower in the limo copter. As much as I hated to admit it, BT was right about one thing. When it came to housing, I was in one dilly of a pickle. I'm not one to feel sorry for myself, but when you lose your home because the new mayor offers your landlord triple the rent for your apartment so he can use it for campaign sign storage, it's kind of hard not to take that personally. But what BT couldn't see was that, to me, being down and out was my bread and butter. I didn't need his help. I'm like a cat. I always land on my feet, and I rarely trust people. Still, my mother always taught me to never turn down a free shower. <clears throat> I want to offer you a job, Miss Detective. It's about my son, Paul, who so tragically passed away a couple of weeks ago. Sorry for your loss. Could you pass me the soap? Uh, here you go. In exchange for your help, I might be able to make your Mayor Maynard mess be no more. I have a lot of pull in this town. I read the rags. I know what happened to your son. But Paul's death wasn't a murder. He died of natural causes. Crushed under a piano on a cruise ship in the Bermuda Triangle. Everybody knows these things happen. Shampoo? Right above you. It's not his death I want you to investigate. Someone stole his corpse. Dug it up the day after his funeral. I want you to find out who did this. I've already looked into the matter, and I've learned that someone had been stealing bodies from the graveyard for some time now, but nobody can identify the culprit. They say the man wears a suit of armor, and he only ever appears after dark. The locals are calling him the Night Knight. I'm sorry, BT, but I'm on a case right now, and as we all know, police are only allowed to follow one case at a time. I can't be looking around the crypt for your cryptic cryptid and do my day job. Hand me that rubber ducky. Mm, here you are. I understand your hesitance to take on such a job all by yourself, which is why I've hired another private investigator to lighten the burden. Say hello to your partner. Hello, detective. What? Dee Dee Dardar? I thought you were behind bars. No, I'm not Dee Dee. I'm her sister, Cece Skarsgård. Dr. Dardar had another identical daughter? Indeed. I'll leave the two of you alone in this shower to get more acquainted. Excuse me, Cece. My eyes are up here. 
Sorry, I couldn't stop staring at your half-shaven face. Did you mean for it to look that way? Got interrupted by your boss mid-shave. Hand me a towel, would ya? I wouldn't want to make Mr. Skarsgård jealous. Oh, he won't be. Mr. Skarsgård was murdered by an unknown assailant while I was away at the annual alibi convention. I have gas and hotel receipts to prove it. Here's your towel. Thanks. So sorry for your loss. I don't know what I'm going to do. With my husband gone, I'm all alone in this world with nothing but my generous insurance payout to keep me warm. Hmm, it's too bad there isn't a big, strong, half-shaven man out there to come and sweep me off my feet and take me away from this dreadfully boring life of hunting down grave robbers for billionaires. I'm sure you'll find love, Cece. There's someone out there for everyone. Oh, really? Is there someone out there for you? Cut the cutesy act, Cupcake. If we're gonna work together, we need to ignore this obvious animalistic attraction between us. Oh good, you've decided to work with us. Such great news. I'm sorry to cut our encounter short, but it would appear our limo copter is being attacked. Attacked? By whom? Not whom, but what. A giant flock of crows is trying to run us off the sky. You mean we're under attack by a swarm of crows? Yes, a regular consortium of crows. Well then where did this herd of crows come from? All I know is that the bouquet of crows is trying to kill us all. Here, take these parachutes. I'll have Goon 2 man the eastern turrets. That ought to distract this parliament of crows while you sneak out the escape hatch. Oh, but I wanted to see the yacht mansion. We're right above the office of morphometric ornithology. Now go, before our listeners have time to overthink this incredibly convoluted scenario. Got it. I'll catch you later. As we floated to the ground, I couldn't help but wonder what kind of alliance I'd formed. Cece was every bit as beautiful as her sister. Was she just as equally devious? Only time would tell. Wow, that was a close one. Impressive parachuting, Dick. Thanks. I was top of my creative falling class at Police Academy. It's been fun getting to know you, but this is where we must part ways. I've got a grave robber to catch, and you're probably going to need to get back to your day job, considering the Office of Morphometric Ornithology is currently on fire. Oh, so it is. I was wondering where all that smoke was coming from. Be sure to call me if you find anything. Don't try to take this guy out on your own, understand? I'm a big girl. I can handle myself. I'll see you at the end of the story. Looking forward to it. Detective! Hi! I thought I might find you here. Oh, hello, you? It's Frank. Frank, quietly. Yeah, I knew that. What's going on here, Frank? Somebody set fire to the building. Looks like arson. Any clues we may have gotten as to what kind of research Dr. Deadman was looking into are officially lost. Then I guess we're back at square one. Hello, detective. Fancy a fresh link of slaughter spicy sausage? You again. Sorry, we've been pulling charred bodies out all morning and they look and smell delicious. It really put us in the mood for more barbecue. Holy cow, people died in the fire? Oh, excuse me, I realize how that sounded now. No, nobody died. The building housed the world's largest collection of taxidermied birds, and now that collection is extra crispy. Perhaps a delicious bacon-wrapped lamb kebab to whet your appetite. Dang it, Saul, I don't want any of your weird meats. Okay, I can take a hint. What about you, Frank? Oh yes, I'd love a Frank, thank you. Any witnesses? No, no witnesses, unfortunately. 
The whole building was empty on account of National Bird Day, but as luck would have it, there was a delivery for Dr. Deadman sitting in the unburned mailbox. Great. What is it? It's a receptacle for letters, parcels, and packages, but that's not important right now. Dr. Deadman had ordered a toxicology report for a sample of local crows. He suspected they may have been poisoned due to their erratic behavior, but it turns out they were completely drug-free. Fascinating. I should get to the morgue and talk to the coroner. Good thing the morgue is right across the street. Oh, you're right. There it is. Wow, how convenient. Detective, do you mind if I ask you a question? Is this about my half-shaved beard? Oh, I hadn't even noticed. I was too distracted by the fact that you are completely naked right now. Yeah, I'd just gotten out of a helicopter shower and didn't have time to redress. Well, I have a spare set of clothes in my car if you wanted to borrow them. Oh, um... Yeah, I might as well. Thanks. The case, much like the Bird Science Building Inferno, was heating up. Whatever Deadman was looking into had gotten him killed, and the killer wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. I barely had time to finish this monologue before I made it to the morgue. Dr. Morgan Jordan. Richard, it's so good to see you. What brings you into the morgue this morning? I'm working the Deadman murder. Have you found anything interesting with the bones? In addition to the weak bites all over the body, Deadman had cracked cranium, torn tarsus, scratched scapula, punctured pelvis, mangled mandible, and at least one cavity in his teeth. All the injuries are consistent with the theory of a cronado. Cut the mumbo-jumbo morgue jargon, Jordan. Shoot straight with me. Was this a murder? I'd say he died of unnatural causes, but without any meat or blood left to test, there's very little we can do. However, I did discover something interesting. If you take the arm bone here, and the leg bone here, and you tap them together against the ribs, like so... That is humorous. <laughs> no, this was actually the femur. Common mistake. As long as I have you here, do you mind if I ask some questions about another case I'm working? Do you remember Paul Dubs? He should have come through here a couple weeks ago. Dubs? Yeah, but that wasn't a murder. He died of a broken heart. It got squished under the piano, along with all of his other organs. I got them right here. His organs? Yeah, I collect organs, for science. I keep them all over here in the pull-out drawer. Huh, that's funny. My organ drawer is empty. Your organ drawer? It was a regular smorgasbord organs for sure. We had big organs, short organs, organs from orphans. Now there's no more organs in the morgue. Can you pull up the security tapes for the last week? Sure. As you can see, I've got my computer right here. Dippity tap. Oh my goodness. Is that? Yes. It's exactly what I expected. What does it mean? It means we've got ourselves a case of grand theft organ. Pause the video right there. Do you see what I see? Wow. That is such a visually striking image. I know, right? Quite the tableau vivant, if I do say so myself. The way the lighting glistens off the moist organs. It almost looks like art. I wouldn't even know where to begin describing this scene. Anyway, we can both see what we're looking at, so there's no point in continuing to talk about it. I better go now. Okay, bye. Uh, don't be a stranger. Knock, knock. Chief! What are you doing here? Some goons parachuted down to the police station to drop off your gun and cell phone. I heard from Frank that you were here at the morgue, so I thought I'd come by and deliver them to you. Gunther, there you are. Did you miss me? Chief, uh, w would you like to take a look at this incredible security tape we just uncovered? Would that I could, but alas, I am blind. Perhaps you can describe it to me? The footage shows a man donned head-to-toe in medieval-style body armor breaking into the morgue, stealing spare body parts and stuffing them into a satchel. 
If you look closely, you'll see a rhombocube octahedron sticker on the shoulder of the suit of armor. I know what that is. Of course you do. Everyone knows what a rhombocube octahedron is. That's quite fascinating, but if it doesn't have anything to do with the crow case, you should forget about it. The mayor's been breathing down my neck all morning. He wants to run his re-election campaign on a promise of no more skeletons, and this dead man death has thrown a wrench into those plans. He insists we get this murder solved yesterday. But we just found the body today, and last time I checked, traveling to the past is illegal. I'm telling you this for your own good. Focus on the murder. Kick the body thief over to MMU. You mean the morbid misdemeanors unit? But Chief, that department is a total joke. They haven't solved a case since the Christmas Krampus caper of 69, and that was only because the elves narked. It's funny you should bring that up. You see, Gunther wasn't the only reason I came down here. I also wanted to give you a warning. Face to face. Man to man. I met with Matt at the Mayor's Manor on Mansion Row. Mayor Maynard asked me to move you off murders and make you manager of morbid misdemeanors. But I can't work MMU. That's a huge demotion. And those guys down there are so weird. Maynard's just trying to get back at me for getting his friend fired. I told him I needed you to stay in homicide, but he was insistent. We reached a compromise. If you can crack the Killer Crow case, he'll concede this quest to crush your career. No pressure, though. Wait a second. If you're blind... How did you get all the way here from the police station? Surely you don't drive. Of course not. I rode my bike. And don't call me Shirley. But I'd love to stay and chat, but I've got a murder to solve. I hit the bricks to see if any of the regular suspects knew anything about Dr. Deadman's untimely demise. My criminal informants were always good for telling me what the word was on the street. And it turned out, bird was the word. But Morgan Jordan's organ drawer wasn't the only thing coming up empty. Nobody knew who was responsible for the sudden spike in crow crime. I was at a dead end when I got a nudge in an unexpected direction. This is Richard Tective. Detective Richard Tective. Hello, Dick. Cece, to what do I owe the pleasure? I've found a lead in the dub case. The Rhombocuboctahedron is the logo of a band called Thelonious Funk, who made their debut performance last week at the Act Break Bar. Someone stole the band's air guitar, and they haven't been able to play ever since, which means whoever got that sticker on the Night Knight's armor was there the night the band played. How did you know about the Rhombocuboctahedron? I have my ways. I also have friends at the Act Break Bar. Tell the bartender that Cece sent ya. I'd go there myself, but I'm currently trapped inside a werewolf den. Don't ask. It's a long story. Thanks for the tip, and good luck with the werewolves. The Act Break Bar was the kind of dive where lowlifes and criminals go to blow off steam. But it had its own code of conduct. It was only a dangerous place if you were a cop. Unfortunately for me, I was a cop. Which is precisely why I knew exactly where to find the act break. Right after this word from our sponsors. Did you alienate your entire family? Drove all your friends away with your intolerable behavior? Find that even casual acquaintances can't stand to be around you for more than a few minutes? Well, who better to put up with you than you? With one quick call to clone of my own, you can relieve your solitude with a companion who will never leave you. Because they are you. Your clone won't just share your DNA either. They owe their entire existence to your consumerist whims. After being locked in the basement all day, they'll be thrilled to hear you come home. Money doesn't buy that kind of gratitude, except here at Clone of My Own. 
And don't worry, if you start to find yourself as tedious as everyone else does, you can purchase our Quiet Clone Ball Gag and keep your clone around for tedious household chores. So remember, with a clone of your own, you'll never be alone. With a clone or two of your own or three, you'll never be alone. Bartender. Where? No, I was talking about you. You are the bartender here at the Act Break Bar, are you not? Oh, sorry. I misunderstood you. The name's Dick. Hi, Dick. I'm Bart. I'm looking for some information about a man who came through this away not too long ago. About yay high, smelled of dead bodies, covered head to toe in a suit of armor. Sorry, bud. I can't help you. I think I'd remember something like that. That's too bad. My friend Cece Skarsgård seemed to think you'd be able to help. How do you know Cece? I have some history with her sister. I guess you could say I have sistery. Cece Skarsgård has a sister? Indeed, Dee Dee Dardar. Listen, I'd love to help, but I'm on the clock. So if you want to talk, you'll need to order something. You know how to make a Bloody Mary Poppins? Vodka, tomato juice, and bubblegum Pedialyte. That's the ticket. Give me one and make it extra bloody. Here you go. Thanks. Now about this night-night. I told you already. I don't know anything about that. The guy was playing hardball, but I knew what he was getting at. I slapped a 20 on the table and slid it over. Maybe this might jog your memory. Oh, uh, thanks. But that's not gonna change the fact that I literally don't know anything. This clearly wasn't his first rodeo. I slapped another 20 down. Maybe you could try and think a little harder. Whoa, that's a lot of money. But I'm telling you, I don't have any leads. This was taking too long. I needed to get to the bottom of it, fast. So I slapped a 50 on top. Dude, I'm not being coy. Keep your money. I don't know anything. It was time for the big guns. I slapped a $75 bill onto the stack. All right, that's much better. <laughs> you know what? I just remembered. There was a guy came in here a few times in the last week. Wore a suit of armor, just like the one you described. Only he had this sticker on his with a picture of a what do you call one of them Archimedean solid shapes with eight triangular, six square, and twelve rectangular faces? You mean a rhombocube octahedron? Yeah, that's it. A rhombocube octahedron. Any idea who he was? What was I supposed to do? Ask to see his ID? I'm just a bartender. Can you imagine? Alright, is there anything else you can tell me about him? No, not really. Not really, no. Well, except for one thing. Every time he comes in, he's always followed by a cacophony of crows. I told him he can't be bringing those birds in here. This isn't a crow bar. Wait, the bird murder and the night-night cases are related? Bart, you just blew my freaking mind. And would you look at that? It's your friend, Cece. Hello, Bart. I'll have the usual. Sorry, Miss Skarsgård. We're all out of sparkling skittle water. Aw, well, in that case, do you know how to make a green goblin? Mountain Dew, sake, and lime? That's the stuff. Cece, what happened with the werewolves? Do I know you? It's me, Richard. Richard Tective. Detective Richard Tective. Oh, you're the man who arrested my sister. Of all the bars on all the streets of Noir City, what brings you here, gumshoe? You did. Don't you remember? We're working the grave robber case together for BT Dubs. <laughs> oh, 
I see what's happened. What a hilarious misunderstanding. You must forgive me. I believe you've been deceived, detective. The woman you've been communicating with was, in fact, my identical twin sister, Dee Dee. She likes to pretend to be me sometimes, just to mess with people. Are you saying Dee Dee Dardar escaped? <laughs> escaped? Heavens no. She was released over a lack of evidence when the arresting officer forgot to show up to testify. Oh, beans. If you're looking for a grave robber, I think I might be able to help. Do you know a man named... Solomon Sockeye? My old friend Nemesis. I should have known he had something to do with this. Solomon said he saw something at the cemetery that spooked him. He told me he was scared. And he hasn't been the same since. What did he see? Why don't you ask him yourself? I don't know where he is. I do, and I'll tell you exactly where to find him, but I'll need something from you in exchange. I want a get-out-of-jail-free card. But I only get one of those per month. I was saving this one for Mom's birthday present. Plus, I'm really not supposed to give these to criminals. I'm not a criminal. I'm C.C. Skarsgård. Fine. I guess Mama Detective can spend one more month in Rikers. Here you go. Please don't make me regret this. Lovely. You'll see Solomon at St. Simon's Saloon on South 2nd Street. And Detective, don't be a stranger. South 2nd Street was a 20-minute drive across town. More than enough time for me to wonder how it was all connected. How was the night-night controlling birds? Why did he kill the bird scientist? And how could I have fallen for the oldest trick in the book? Pretending to be your own twin sister. It was enough to make a man wonder if there really ever were any werewolves, or if that was all just another deception. I found Sockeye sitting at the bar sipping Sazerac and decided to sidle up to the stool next to him. What are you up to, Sockeye? Morning, Dick. It's not morning, it's almost 8pm. No, I said morning. I'm morning, Dick. My dear godmother passed away last week, died in a freak alligator racing accident. Sorry for your loss. Excuse me, bartender! Oh my god, where? No, I meant... Wait a second. Bart? What are you doing here? Oh, hi, Dick. I work here too. Yeah, there's a shortage of good drink servers in North City. There's also a shortage of people named Bart. Ever since the Bart Ender came to town. But you were just working at the Act Break Bar. I know. In this economy, in order to afford a two-bedroom apartment, I have to work 25 hours a day. That means occasionally working two jobs at the same time. But hey, it's a living. What can I get you to drink? Do you know how to make a kiss of death? Pickle juice and Jägermeister? That's the stuff. Thanks. Cheers, Solomon. Here's to... What was her name? Muriel. To Muriel. To Mama Muriel, racing gators across the river Styx. All right, let's cut to the chase, Dick. I know you're only here for my criminal expertise. A mutual friend of ours says you may have seen something strange recently at the cemetery. Perhaps something involving a body snatcher? Perhaps you'd like to talk about it. Mama Muriel's funeral was the standard drill, but a burial was a bit more surreal. How so? When it comes to cremation, you can insist on a certain sort of incineration. Some souls seek out specialized services. They may want their remains made into jewelry, or poured into an hourglass, or contained in salt shakers. Hey. I don't kink shame the dear that departed. What kind of service did Muriel insist on? She had her dust mixed with glitter and packed into a confetti cannon. At the end of the bagpipe medley, she exploded all over the mourners. 
It was unexpected, to be sure, but I guess that's just the kind of woman Muriel was. Anyway, I took a walk after the service to clear my head. Mostly the hair and eyes part of the head because they were coated in Muriel dust. That's when I ended up in the cemetery playground, and that's where I saw... What? What did you see? Not what. Who? I saw Saul's slaughter. What was the butcher doing at the graveyard? Was he catering a funeral? No. He was wearing a suit of armor, but I happened upon him right as he'd taken off the helmet to eat a sandwich, and Saul had a shovel. Looked like he just dug up dubs. You're saying you saw Saul with Paul Dubs? You know Paul? I'm working a case for Paul's Paul. Ah, yeah, Saul had Paul, but he also had a hacksaw. What was Saul doing with a hacksaw? He was sawing. He was sawing. Say it! He was sawing the body of Paul into pieces. He was making him into Paul's law. So Saul's the grave robber? I see. And where exactly was Saul sawing? I told you, it was at the playground. Yes, but where at in the playground? Huh? Was it near any sort of playground fixture by chance? I, I don't know, like over next to the monkey bars, I guess. Dang, what a missed opportunity. Listen, I don't know what kind of weird stuff the butcher is into, but I made sure to bury a bunch of Claymore explosives all around Muriel's grave just to be safe. You're probably not allowed to do that, but who am I to say what is or isn't legal? Wait a second. If Muriel was cremated, then why did she have a grave? It was a plot hole. Listen, Sakai, you've been a tremendous help. And I promise you, I will catch the man responsible for killing Daryl Deadman. I have absolutely no emotional connection to your case whatsoever. Your words mean nothing to me. You hang in there. You're gonna be alright. Whatever. Okay, phone. Dial Chief Jameson Justice. Hello? Chief, I need a warrant to search Saul Slaughter Slaughterhouse. CC Skarsgård sent me to see Solomon Sakai. Solomon says he saw Saul sawing Paul at the playground. Was it by the seesaw? No, actually. Monkey bars. Dang. Missed opportunity. I know. That's what I said. Hold up. Are you telling me the town butcher is the one who's been stealing human body parts? I'm eating ribs from Slaughter's Butchery right now. Excuse me for a moment while I go throw up. Give me that warrant first and you can throw up while me and Saul throw down. Oh, sorry, I've got another call coming in from an unknown number. One second, I'll be right back. Hello? It seems you've been asking a lot of questions lately, poking your nose where it doesn't belong. Who is this? You don't know me, detective, but I- Saul? No. Is this Saul Slaughter from Slaughter's Butchery? No. I know you did it, Saul. Fine, you got me, but I got leverage. Say hello to your little friend, detective. Dick. He caught me. He's holding me hostage at the park where they found Deadman's body. Um, and this is... who, uh, which sister am I talking to? It's me! Cece! Yeah, the real Cece, or...? Come alone, detective. If you ever want to see Cece again, if you're not here within an hour, I'll be forced to do something unmentionable. Like what? I can't tell you. It's unmentionable. Well then don't mention it. Try singing it. I'm going to kill her. You can't kill her, she'll die! Like the tip of my knife, it's exactly the point. <laughs> You're a madman! Also, you hang up first. I have someone on the other line, and I don't know how to switch it without dropping the call. Oh, uh, okay, sure. See you soon, bye! Hello, Chief. I'm back. Who was it? Wrong number. 
Listen, Chief, forget everything I said about Saul. I was mistaken. Oh, good. I already finished my ribs and was about to move on to the meatloaf, also from Slaughter's Butchery. And for dessert, it's Ladyfingers from Mrs. Lovett's Pie Shop. I have to go, Chief. Wait, no, I'm so lonely. I've been watching Sweeney Todd and trying to make funny puns and just failing. Please, just, just help me. Please. I was in a real sticky situation. Saul had Cece, as well as an army of crows at his beck and call. If I showed up unprepared, I'd be deader than Daryl Deadman. But I had one hour to get ready, and that was just enough time to make two important stops on my way to the park. Step one was the police department armory. Gunther was a good gun, but to take down a gaggle of crows, I'd need an upgrade. My second stop was at the 24-hour car wash because someone had written wash me in the dirt on my ride's back window while I was talking to Sakai, and that's just really embarrassing. The moonlit sky watched over the park with its ancient eyes. It was in for a real show tonight. Saul, show yourself! I came alone, just like you said! You shouldn't have come. Now he's gonna kill us both. How did you get away from the werewolves? It's a long story. What? I can't understand you with that helmet on. I said, I'm so happy you made it. And with time to spare, too. Am I early? I can go and make the block a couple of times if you're not ready. Nonsense. Let's get started. Our other guests of honor should be arriving shortly. You mean the rabble of crows? See, I've got it all figured out. You've been feeding the crows, haven't you? I imagine it started innocently enough. A few scraps from the butchery, the bits unworthy of filling sausages. The crows probably got used to it, started coming around more often, and in greater numbers. Eventually, it was no longer economically sustainable to feed the birds from your own supply. But you're Saul Slaughter, the kind of guy who gets called out to cater crime scenes on the reg. You saw all those dead human bodies going to waste, and you concocted a plan. Hey, you're kind of stealing my villain monologue. Oh, go ahead. You can take it from here. You really took the wind out of my sails. I was really looking forward to this part. It's true. He was rehearsing before you got here. I'll pretend I don't know anything. It's just, the moment's ruined. Fine, I'll do it. Saw Slaughter began small at first, stealing the occasional arm or leg from the crime scene. Nothing anyone would notice. But the moment the crows first tasted human meat, they became ravenous. No other meat would do. And if they didn't get what they wanted, they'd try to take it from Saul. Which is why he constructed a crow-proof suit of armor to protect him from the birds. Eventually, the crow hunger got to be too much. Saul needed a consistent supply of man meat. The cemetery was a solid start, but the organ drawer at the morgue was a source of even more. But you couldn't keep control of your carnivorous clouder of killer crows, could you, Saul? Your Frankenstein's monster went rogue and ate an innocent bird scientist bystander. That's where you went wrong, Dick. The crows and I have an understanding. They know that I'm their friend, nay, their god. And they attack who and when I tell them to. That lousy Dr. Deadman was on to me. Started running tests, tracking the litter of crows in an effort to discover why they were behaving so unusually. That's why I lured him here, to this place, and ordered the crows to clean his bones. Which is exactly what's going to happen to you. Well, it's a good thing I came prepared. You fool. Haven't you ever heard the expression, never bring a gun to a crow fight? Oh, this old thing? It's not a gun. It's a cat launcher!
Is that it? Looks like your gun is out of ammo. No, just got a cat jam. Hang on, let me smack the cat cartridge back into place. The crows, they're retreating. You did it, Dick. Thank you for saving me. You're welcome, Cece. Or should I say, Dee Dee? <gasps> what? I ran into your sister Cece at the St. Simon Saloon. She told me everything. Oh, I see what must have happened. That wasn't my sister Cece. It wasn't? No, that was my sister Dee Dee. You see, Dee Dee has a bad habit of pretending to be me. Oh, I see. Enough. Have you two forgotten that I'm still here? And I have a knife. Shoot him, dick. Your gun and cat launcher can't hurt me. I'm wearing a full-body, bulletproof suit of armor, remember? Your bullets are useless here. Oh, I was prepared for this. You see, Saul, before I came here, I washed my car. So? And I sprung for the ultra-premium deluxe package, thus ensuring it would rain tonight, rendering the entire car wash moot. That's just Murphy's Law. You can't argue with science. Water? No! No! I'm rusting, rusting! What a world! This is literally a fate worse than death! You saved me again. Just doing my job. We'll take it from here. Goons, take the night knight and put him on the limo copter. He'll make an excellent addition to my statue room. Detective, I must thank you for solving this case. Don't forget our deal, dubs. Don't worry. Mayor Maynard will no longer be a problem. Oh, good. Because he's dead. Wait, what? I told you. I have a lot of pull in this town. You murdered Mayor Maynard? No, detective. I didn't do it. Dee Dee Dada did. She's already confessed to the crime, but rumor has it she's got a get-out-of-jail-free card. How fortunate, don't you think? Everyone gets exactly what they wanted. Which reminds me, Cece, we saved you a seat. Surely you're not going with them. I have to. He's my father. And don't call me Shirley. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. How's that supposed to work? Well, you see, my mother was adopted. Oh, got it. I'll see you around. And hey, don't be a stranger. That's it? That's how this episode ends? No, detective. This is how the episode ends. <laughs> hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Snake's Paw. This has been Noir City Blues, Episode 2, Murdered by Birds. Written by me, Jack Townsend. With creative contributions by Erica Durr, Matthew Morris, James Lanius, and pretty much everybody else on the Snake's Paw team. Featuring the voices of 
Helen Jacks, Erica Durr, James Lanius, Matthew Morris, Andrew Ferrier, Jeff Quash, High Priest Roby, and introducing Killian Gilbo. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube page. Just click that little button there at the top of the video that says subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And if not, you can find us on YouTube at The Snake's Paw. You can also find us online at our website, thesnakespaw.com, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Snake's Paw. If you'd like to help us make more projects like this one, consider supporting us at Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash thesnakespaw. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.